Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. Hey, welcome to the Waste No Day podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm here with Brian. This part one of episode one is going to be dealing specifically with the subject of bonding and rapport. Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Rapport is the ability to enter someone else's world, to make him feel that you understand him, that you have a strong common bond. Tony Robbins. Great quote, Brian. So as we mentioned in our introductory podcast, episode zero, essentially each podcast is going to be broken down into two parts. Part one is going to be an open dialogue between Brian and myself discussing the subject matter, in this particular case, bonding and rapport. And podcast uh, one, part two, is going to be dealing with a subject expert. In this particular case, it's going to be a guest speaker with Aaron Buckwater, who's the operations manager with One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Nate will ask Aaron some questions. Aaron will give the answers, and then occasionally Nate and I will chime in. But by and large, it's just Aaron speaking on the subject. That's right. So to get us kind of started off here on part one, we wanted to talk about bonding and rapport. So let's first kind of explain that because bonding and rapport kind of sounds very technical, Brian. Um, What exactly does it mean? Uh, For me, it means a warm up. Anybody who's been in my presentation classes knows that uh, aside from the greeting, the warm up is the first and usually most important part of the process. I, I train heavy on warm up, probably heavier heavier than anything else because I, I always feel like until until you and I are comfortable, we can never really um, we never really want to do business with one another. I mean, in, in my own experience. So for those of you single gentlemen out there, bonding and rapport could probably best be described as the conversation prior to getting the digits of a lady at the bar. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting it without that icebreaker. That's, that's one way to put it. But uh, warm up or bonding and rapport is really more uh, making yourself human to this other person. And in my case, I wanted to feel the same way about the person I was sitting across from be it in plumbing, sales, or timeshare, or whatever I was doing. I didn't want to feel that there was a separation between us or that there was a wall between us, or um, I I might not even want to sell to somebody before I liked them or had a a bond with them. Yeah, and and bonding and rapport is one of those things that um, it's essentially organic in our lives, right? We do it all the time, just sometimes we choose to be intentional about it, and other times it seems to be... Um, just naturally occurring. And that can actually go the other direction too, right? We can be unintentional about it or intentionally, I'm not going to do it, where we choose to put up the walls and we choose not to really have a conversation with somebody. You know, like that awkward phase when you're standing in line at the bank or something like that and somebody's trying to strike up a conversation with you and you're just like, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, that will be the opposite of bonding and rapport, which is uh, unfortunately sometimes what the customers attempt to do to our technicians, correct? Correct. And it's not always easy because y- you don't necessarily like all personality types. Your your personality type may clash with the person that you're sitting across from. And that is when you have to work at a warm-up. It's when you have to actually 
put into place some training on bonding and rapport when you're just sitting across from somebody you you easily like get along with see the, the world the same way share the same views with no problemo you you really don't need any training to do that it's just going to happen naturally and for a lot of certainly amateur salespeople, they just believe that it wasn't in the cards for them to get business out of the person that they just don't happen to like and that presentation will usually end pretty quickly and abruptly and without proper training they'll just walk away thinking hey wasn't meant to be well that's not necessarily true if you have a great product at a competitive price and great service and work for a company that stands behind it most people who need that product should do business with you if that's not the case you're missing something and a lot of times that will be a trained warm-up bonding and rapport yeah so i'm just kind of thinking about it right now i mean stepping outside of our industry what are some benefits to bonding and rapport i mean if you step if you just take it offline from the home services uh, conversation for a second like why should i even worry about this why is it a big deal uh, it's a it's a big deal or, or can be a big deal anywhere you go anything you do and you brought up probably the best example of it which is if you're interested in somebody of the opposite sex your your chances of making a connection are going to go up dramatically if you find a reason to bump into that person and have a conversation and become human through bonding and rapport versus um hey what's your phone number yeah and not only that i think it has a way of helping people just help you out right i mean so in, in many ways, this podcast is going to talk about how you are trying to present something to a customer, often requiring that they are going to pay you some money to do that. But if you flip it on the other end and you are actually the customer itself, you you're, the importance of bonding and rapport becomes that much more in front of you, right? So you know, if, if you are at uh, an amusement park or something like that, or a store and somebody is trying to say, hey, would you, would you like this food? Or would you like to purchase this ticket? Or would you like to join this event or whatever it may be? And they are offering you something. It's gonna mean a whole lot more if, if you are on the same uh, warmness with them. Like if you've picked up what they're laying down and you're like, yeah, this person is somebody that I can, I can get on board with it's going to make a lot more sense. That's bonding and rapport right there. That person has done a great job of just kind of yucking it up with you so that your defenses have been lowered. And everybody has this natural defense. Nobody wants to be sold. Nobody wants to be taken over. And so we automatically put up these walls and we refuse to let them down until we see that the person is willing to kind of just be human with us. And that's the, that's the main idea is just being a human being. We're, we're all skeptical at first. And everyone is somewhat skeptical, varying degrees, obviously, but somewhat skeptical of somebody they don't know. So all bonding rapport really is, is um, becoming somebody that the other person knows. And not just that, but them becoming someone you know, because you're much more likely to even want to do business with them. And if you really don't like somebody you're sitting across the kitchen table from, you might not want them to in engage in your services and, and buy your products that's very possible. And you might just walk away from a long time relationship with a very valuable customer who brings you other customers because you never got through that wall and never tried to. 
Yeah, so just to kind of give one more example of what this looks like outside of the industry. Think about the last time that you went out to eat or the last several times that you went out to eat. You probably had a waiter or a waitress, and if you are kind of following the traditional social protocols, you provide a tip based upon the level of service. Now, yes, that certainly can be affected by did the food come out cold? Did the order, uh, you know, was the order right? Did they get the dressing on the side as opposed to mix in and all that stuff? That definitely affects it. But there is absolutely a tangible difference between a person who relates to you conversationally on a human level and the amount of that tip and how it's going to be. Somebody who's there and they're just very robotic and very mechanical and they're just saying, yup, here's your food, yup, thanks for coming in. They might even say the right words, but their tone, their body language, their bonding and rapport is all off. And then you get that sweetheart of a waitress or, or that guy who's just super like happy and joking with you and you are just way more prone to reward that person with your money. That's so true. Even if that person is accident prone, <laughs> they might spill your meal you've been waiting for halfway to you uh, and have to pick it up and start from scratch. But if they're just just a total sweetheart of a person and, and made a great connection with you and talked to you in a way that you actually wanted to have conversation with them, you're, you're is likely to tip them and probably higher as the, the robot where everything went perfectly, but you made no connection whatsoever because we are all people and we do crave connection with other people. Not only connection, Brian, something that I really value in your friendship and your expertise is the importance of humor. Uh, you more than most people that I know have the uncanny ability of inserting humor into either awkward or difficult situations. And that that's like an immediate disengagement from the wall, right? The walls come down, the bridges come open, and people are just naturally more inclined to either overlook the mistake that just happened or at least get on a more adult-to-adult -adult level with the person who's sitting across the table from them. So if you look at emotions, you can feel very quickly, uh, very easily. It's, it's almost all of them with maybe the exception of sadness with a total stranger, but you don't show them. The only emotion that you'll actually show immediately with a total stranger is is laughing. You, you will laugh together whether you know each other or not. And the second you do, you, you have instant disarming. Both of your defenses come down a little bit. Uh, there are emotions that will make them come down more, but none faster. So if you want to build quick rapport, quick bonding, uh, if you want to have the ability to disarm people very fast, the fastest way to do it is is to become funny or at least be able to point out funny things. And humor is one of those things that it's pretty funny in and of itself. Like if you've ever been to a comedy club or watched a stand-up routine where the comic is literally making fun of somebody in the audience and they're laughing along with it. Like As he, their spouse. <laughs> just like shredding them in the audience and they are laughing along and everybody's laughing along in a room full of perfect strangers. And that's the power of humor that when used in tandem with the idea of bonding and rapport and warming up the customer, it can be super uh, disarming for the customer and very effective for you as the technician. That's correct. That's, that's A number one, the fastest way to do it. Um, the, I'd say the, probably the fa second fastest way 
would be commonality. Commonality is one that if you can find something genuine quickly, you can disarm anybody fast. And the way to do that is, I don't, you can be in an airport sitting in a terminal chair and the guy across from you is wearing a, you know, a Michigan Wolverines jersey in Europe. Had to do it. You had to do it, didn't you? Michigan <laughs> Wolverines. Okay. I was going to say Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't uh, going to say Penn State either. <laughs> no matter what, if you, were, if you were both Michigan Wolverine fans or whatever your team is, you look across it and you might just say, hey, go Wolverines. And that person would say it right back to you. You have instant report. It's, it's over. You, could, you can start talking about the coach or the running back immediately. And that is a great one to use in the home as long as it's genuine. And therein lies the problem with that one. For me, the landmine is that um, it has to be genuine. There's, there's nothing that turns me off faster than somebody walks into the home and like looks at a picture of, of the family and says, they, they just gush overboard with- Oh yeah, beautiful, beautiful family, beautiful, beautiful family. family. Yeah, right? It's, it's, either, it's either gonna be creepy or just disingenuous, either way. So it's, it's not my favorite one to use uh, unless it's very genuine and there's a reason I'm saying it. That's probably something that we can discuss with our special guest as far as finding that common ground and things like that. But you brought up a really good illustration with the, the sports attire, okay? And, and you brought it up in a positive sense. So like, oh yeah, we both love this team and this team's doing wonderful. But it can actually work in the opposite direction too, right? So I'm an Eagles fan, yep. and uh, 2020 hasn't necessarily been a great year. And so when I see another person wearing an Eagles hat or a jersey out and about, while I don't need to know them, we can both be like, yep, just wasn't our year, right? I mean, we can both instantly be on the same page. Even though it's a negative page, we're both suffering together. And that brings me to the point of empathy. So empathy is another key metric or a key tactic in bonding and rapport. If you can get on the same level as a person, especially if they're experiencing difficulty, you know, they don't have any heat, the power is out in their home and their freezer is melting, or they have standing water in their basement, whatever it may be. If you can get on the same page with them and empathize, I've been there before, maybe if you have actually, or I know, or I could imagine what this might feel like, that can create a lot of bonding and rapport with the customer. That's correct too. They they um, actually long for that in those situations, which is they don't want somebody to come in robotic and say, here's what it's gonna take to fix it. They want someone to come in and feel their pain because if you empathize with them and you show them that you, you know this feeling, you understand it, you feel where they're coming from, they even much more so believe that you wanna take care of them because you do. If you know what that feels like and you don't like that feeling, and you don't have to say you've had your basement flood if you never have, but you can certainly say I've been in these ba flooded basements before. I know the pain you're going through and here's how I helped out before. Here's how I'm gonna help you, that kind of thing instant disarming and in a situation where somebody is possibly at the highest stress level they've been at in a long time and now you get to come in with the cape on and take care of them yeah and it's often for reasons outside of your control i mean almost always right unless johnny shoved something down the toilet you know it, it wasn't anybody's fault that there's now water in the basement yeah. I mean, even if it was it doesn't it's it's the same amount of pain no uh, yeah absolutely so the, i want to shift gears and kind of um move into a little bit of a different idea there, Brian. So 
one of the things that we've been kind of talking about is buying rapport, and you often think about that, okay, this is a, a either a neutral or a happy customer. But what about bonding rapport with the aggressive customer or the person who's upset? Like you're out there because something got screwed up or something broke that wasn't supposed to break. Uh, maybe it's your fault. Maybe it's the guy who was out before's fault or somebody else like that. How do how does bonding rapport work into that? So bonding rapport in that situation is uh, it needs to be done even more so, and it needs to be done very delicately, especially. And I do want to speak to this instance when. Uh, John was out yesterday and put their kitchen faucet in and I am out today because he didn't tighten the supply line enough and it leaked down into their finished basement. Um, the easiest thing to do is to throw John under the bus and be the hero and take care of them and go from there. But the, the best thing you can do is talk about, hey, we all have bad days. I'm not sure what happened here, but I can tell you this much. I'm here to take care of you. I'm gonna get this figured out. You needn't feel any more stress over this. Uh, I'll take it from here. So do you find that humor can be useful even in those situations too, especially if the person's like super upset? Humor is always useful, but you have to be very careful not to come across as somebody who is laughing at their pain. Right, taking it lightly. You've really got to make sure they know that you're on their side. And if you're going to let a joke out at that time, that, it, that it's going to go over well. And if you don't really know that client yet, you should not be even attempting that at that point. Hmm. Now, when you take care of their problem and they see that, <clears throat> yes, I'm, I'm solving the problem. Not only that, but I'm getting a restoration company out here and our insurance company is taking care of it or what have you, whatever, whatever the situation might be. And they realize that their hands are, are washed here. They have nothing to do with this. Just watch the show and see that everything's going to be taken care of. Then they're somewhat elated. They did not expect this. They, they've been in these situations before, most likely, where the contractor tries to uh, avoid all responsibility whatsoever. Oh, clearly this was your fault, or hey, it must be the manufacturer. You're going to have to go after them, or whatever, uh, which is something hopefully in the tribe ranks here we never engage in. but. This is what most people expect to happen and when they see that that's not the case and we're taking care of them. They're in a better mood than they were before the accident happened because they feel genuinely taken care of. Now is the time you can pretty much say or do anything you want. It's a great time to joke with them. It's a great time to bond with them. Believe it or not, it's a great time to upsell. It's a great time to talk about that hard water that the other technician mentioned but didn't get the water softener. This is a great time to make that happen because they're they're cheerleaders for this company despite the fact that you flooded their basement. All right, so that kind of brings me to another concept that I wanted to bring up, which is the idea of the slow investment pays the biggest dividends, All right? So bonding and rapport can easily be determined by some people as a waste of time. Like, all right, I'm, I'm here to fix your faucet. Let me let me add it. Just put me in front of it. Or, you know, even the customer might kind of act like that too. Like, hey, you know, let me, let's get started on this thing. Let me take you to the thermostat, whatever it is. But every minute that you invest in that bonding and rapport phase, every, every um, second that you put into that conversation with that customer, the longer that is and the more effective that it is, generally the bigger the reward on the end of it. 
And that could be at the end of the call or when you go to sit down and, and present with the client, whatever it may be. But the time invested up front is critical to the outcome on the end of the call. That's correct. As long as you don't get to the point where you're uh, making them feel like you're wasting time, which can be done in the home, especially in the emergency services side of the uh, trades. Right. So it's got to be that balance, right? There has to be a balance where you know that wall's down. There's no more anxiety between us. We're not uh, afraid of each other in some sense. We're both disarmed. Now let's move forward. But if you have not gotten there, even if you're 20 minutes in, you need to invest more time until you get there. Yeah, and that's probably another thing that we'll bring bring up with our guest, Aaron, um, is understanding like when to know that occurs, when to know that the walls have come down and any additional coins deposited in this bank aren't going to make any difference. Yep. Yeah, you you definitely don't want to waste your coins. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, just kind of wrapping up the idea of what Bonnie and Rapport is here and the value that it brings. can you give us, Brian, I mean, from your experience in the field, perhaps a couple ideas as to like, uh, you know, when when you should sacrifice it? Is there a time when it is appropriate to just get to business? In the emergency sides, so I'm, I'm not speaking to our comfort advisors or electrical advisors or, or necessarily plumbing advisors, if, if there are some, um, but when you're walking into the flooded home or the panel that's sparking or the uh, HVAC system is out and it's five below zero with 40 mile an hour winds, you, you, can, you can feel okay depending on how that client's acting to move forward without the warm-up process. But it needs to be done at some point. So the way we operate, we're going to do a diagnosis and then present a price before we ever touch a tool. And really, if not before you present that price, certainly while you're presenting that price, that warm-up needs to happen. There needs to be a connection made there. So is it fair to say that in most situations, the warm-up, the bonding and rapport comes at the beginning of the call, but not in all? Uh, I would say 80-20. Okay. Uh, I'm interested in that 20%. So the 20% that I would, obviously is abnormal when you're either getting right to it and then you circle back to it? Is, is that kind of your approach? Sure, so there's the get, getting right to the problem. Maybe you need to find the water meter they couldn't find and get that thing shut off. You need to get outside and shut off the service. Um, something, gas leak, what have you, something needs to be done immediately. And you need to take care of that and then circle back and worry about the warm up. Or we don't always have the decision maker at the house when we get there. So there could be times when we're doing our diagnosis and working up our options before we even meet the homeowner or the the person making the decision. So that just kind of made me think of another situation. What What if a technician gets out to the home and the first homeowner is there and you do your bonding rapport with perhaps the the lady of the house and then somewhere later on in the call the man of the house comes home, do you then have to do bonding rapport with him or have you established enough uh, you know, equity in the transaction that he just kind of comes in and, and is fine? What's your take on that? So when you first meet the first homeowner, you're at a zero. When you meet the second one and you've warmed up very well with the first one, you're probably at, at a five out of 10 okay. with that second person. So what I always like to do is to say, 
Mrs. Jones, would you mind introducing me to Mr. Jones? Well, they're both standing in the same room. Yeah, that's great. Because she will carry that enthusiasm of the conversation we had before into the introduction. And he'll see in her eyes and her body language that she's comfortable with me, hopefully. Right, if you've done, if you've done your legwork up front. And that's definitely something that you know makes it even more important to make sure that you are doing it well um, from the moment you get there. It's, it's so important that you've, you've made a friend in, in any opportunity in front of a homeowner, in front of a client of any kind. It's, it's, it couldn't be more important that you are building rapport with people. And I don't care if you're going to the Sunoco on the way home in your truck in uniform and you go in to pay for your gas and, and buy a Snickers, you should be doing that same bonding and rapport with the person behind the counter. Um, one thing that I like to do as training is, is we tend to go on a cruise every year, sometimes with the, the uh, tri-brands, uh, sometimes just with friends. And aboard these cruise ships are staff, waiters and waitresses and bartenders from literally all over the world. And the majority of them speak very broken English, but you get to see what country they're from on their name tag and a name typically that is Hard to pronounce, right? <laughs> 16 vowels. Yep. It looks like a, a Wheel of Fortune puzzle that hasn't been solved yet sometimes. Or you see their name is Fred and you're like, I don't yeah, think it so. Sound right. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so what I would like to, what I like to do is, um, and a lot of, a lot of people who work here have been on these cruises with me and commented on me doing it the whole time is I'll, I'll look at the name tag and I'll say, the name and I'll say, is that how you pronounce it? And you know, 50-50, sometimes it's right on and they're surprised or sometimes I'm way off and they correct me. But when they correct me, I would always say it in my head 10 times while they're standing there. And then I would talk about where they're from and get them to talk about where they're from while I'm saying their name in my head. And then the next day I would, I would try to find that person again and for the rest of the week on that cruise and repeat their name to them and say, it's good to see them. And this, would get me more free drinks or you know stronger drinks <laughs> that's your thing or kind of whatever i wanted on that boat just for the simple fact that nobody takes the time to connect with them um, and i always make it a point not because it's natural to me but maybe because it's unnatural to me it's it is a bit nervy at first so that's what i do at the restaurant that's what i do now at the gas station and kind of anywhere i go i'm looking for the opportunity to connect with anybody i see for practice just to get better at it i don't i don't go in customers homes anymore all the selling i do now is in our company's conference room when we're trying to hire new technicians or comfort advisors or even park runners or apprentices i, I still have selling to do there is something to be said about the power of a name right like if you sit down in front of somebody and you just kind of generically refer to them as like sir or you know even just dropping it and just kind of talking at them but not to them there's definitely something there about saying now brian when when you're looking at this bathroom when you're looking at this faucet what is that what are you looking for you know addressing them with their name can have some impact yeah it definitely does and I, I, nowhere did i find that to be more true than on those cruise ships when these names are maybe five syllable names that nobody has taken the time to learn and they're on these ships for you know the majority of the year without all these people around them knowing their name so you can see it have an impact on people 
And in the home, in the, in the person's home is no different. The, somebody who uses their first name over and over again has instantly more rapport than somebody who calls them Mr. and Mrs. or ma'am and sir because they clearly forgot their name. And it takes a little bit of credibility to get there. I mean, if you get on a name-to-name basis, I mean, there's a reason that that's a, that's a phrase. I'm on a name-to-name or a first-name basis with that yeah. person because it means something. It means that you've earned the credibility to know and use their first name. I mean, take it back to school, right? It still feels very awkward if I would see one of my old teachers walking down the street to say like, you know, hey, hey, Mary, how you doing? As opposed to like, hi, Mrs. Miller. It's good to yeah, see you again. Yeah, so like, it's a whole other thing. Despite the fact that you're older than you were, <laughs> than they were when you were their student. Absolutely. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to wrap up uh, this part of the podcast by talking about the importance of bonding and rapport at the end of the call. So yes, it's absolutely critical at the beginning and even in the middle, uh, you know, depending on the situation and all that. But once you get the sale or once you get the thing sold and, the, and installed and all that type of stuff and the money's exchanged, you can't just like exit nice mode at that point and start going all cold on the person. Um, you need to continue that relationship because the lasting impression is going to be solidified by literally the last impression. That's correct. It's easy to see yourself running down the driveway with check in hand. Uh, <laughs> and, and so many unprofessional people in our industry do just that. Um, except I'm, you know, I'm with our, our guest, Aaron, in, in the same office all day, every day, and he was a comfort advisor for a decade selling HVAC equipment and what we see constantly is people calling in for a new furnace when he was the one that sold them their old furnace. It's repeat business and they want to do business with him because he, he took great care of them and on his way out the door he had a great rapport just like he did on his way in and then follow up a thank you letter or something like that whatever whatever uh, everyone does in that aspect. Yeah, I know for some guys that's leaving their business card with their their personal cell phone or work cell phone with them, uh, with a customer or whatever it may be. And that's also for some other people, it may be doing the cards or some guys might do actual follow-up calls, that type of stuff. I know some offices do that as well. But it's so important. I mean, a 95% amazing call can be ruined by a 5% crappy ending. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's anything in life. For sure. Great movie, terrible ending. You never want to see it again. That's exactly right. Well, hey, that wraps us up for today. Uh, We've appreciated you listening to us talk about Bonnie and Rapport. The second part of this podcast is going to be a special guest interview with Aaron Buckwater. He is the operations manager of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and brings an incredible level of insight into how this can actually be played about in the home and be used effectively in front of a client. So if you love what you hear and you're interested in learning more, hey, we're hiring and we are always looking to challenge and train new people to go farther in our organization. Check us out on Facebook or visit us on our website at wastenoday.com. We want to encourage you today to not spend your days wishing for more, but to go get it now. Never settle. Practice that bonding and rapport. Realize that there is worth to investing on the front end of a call to get something at the end. And always remember to waste no day. This podcast is a production of the South Central Pennsylvania branch of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, and Mr. Sparky Electric.